Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Tiffany Xingyu, the GM and a co-founder of Oasis Consortium, a nonprofit to build standards for brand and user safety. Welcome to Brand Safety Exchange podcast, where I interview innovators and practitioners who are leading the charge to build brand and user safety. And today, I'm very glad to have my guest, Jeff Cook, co-founder and the CEO of The Meat Group. Welcome, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jeff. I researched into the Meat Group, and honestly, I think calling the Meat Group as a dating company is an understatement. You are really beyond a dating platform. It's almost entertainment, social live streaming platform. I would love to hear from you personally, your description of the Meat Group and what you're excited about lately. The Meat Group's a portfolio of uh, dating apps, and you're right that we, we are building a new category kind of at the intersection of dating and social entertainment. And m- much like Twitch has essentially added an entertainment aspect to uh, gaming, where there's like a, a social entertainment aspect to watching people play video games, we're doing the same thing with respect to dating. And what we saw pretty early, at least in in the Western world was that companies like Momo in China, who was adding video to um, dating, were really onto something powerful. And we thought that could work. Um, And so we've been actually building out live streaming dating uh, games and live streaming dating formats since 2016. Awesome. We shall come back to it. There there are a lot to uh, unpack here, Uh, but I want to dive directly into what we call uh, Oasis Rapid Refresher. It is a segment of three questions that we apply to all guests who come to uh, the podcast. So are you ready for the lightning round? Sure. So the first is, why do you think brand and user safety is more and more important today, especially from your vantage point as a CEO of the Meet Group? It's always been important, and it's probably more important today simply because more and more people are, are coming online. Um, and... Uh, expect all of their communications to to be virtual, right? Especially in these pandemic times. And so I think um, how you can assure that your uh, live streaming interactions are brand safe is, has, has never been more important simply because people are, are on the internet and, and streaming more than they ever have. Yeah, we'd love to actually dive into the stats you've seen since the pandemic, you know, the growth on your platform later. So the second question is, why are you personally invested in this topic? It's important to me personally, just as a father of three, that, 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 that people are having positive interactions on our service. But professionally, I would say, you know, because we now, as I'm sure we'll get into, have a video platform as a service model, it's never been more important for us to... Um, be able to attract many billion dollar mega cap brands to use our, our platform. And, and to do that, those brands, you know, really kick the tires and, and try to understand how the safety function works. And so, you know, you really have to have industry leading safety in order to operate uh, the business we, we operate, which is to bring on the biggest brands to leverage our, our video platform as a service product. Thank you for talking about both from the personal and professional uh, perspectives. And the last question in the segment is, obviously, uh, you are a funding advisor for Oasis Consortium, you know, to build the online trust and safety standards for that. So the question would be, what do you think the world would become without guardrails or consensus to the guardrails? I think the world without guardrails looks pretty much like today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, where every uh, media company, every tech company is kind of enforcing its own guardrails and creating uh, its own guardrails. 
And it leads to problems where just look at, you know, the Donald Trump example, right? Suddenly his behavior was enough to warrant being kicked off of Twitter as soon as he was out of power, right? That doesn't necessarily show, uh, it's not a profiling courage exactly. And so, you know, without kind of industry guidelines, I think we're all just going to be making it up as we go along. And so I think with industry guidelines, you could even imagine some aspects of sharing with other uh, industry participants, best practice, maybe even deeper data to try to keep users generally safe. I mean, if you think about who the user is, they're operating in an ecosystem, right? They're on an app and that app is probably controlled by either, at the end of the day, by, by Google or Apple terms, terms of service. But then they're, they're also related to the individual app developers terms of service. And there essentially needs to, um, and everyone has an interest in keeping bad actors out. Um, but right now, all we're able to do is that bad actor can essentially be a bad actor on every single app, you know, without, um, and, and they'd he'd have to get kicked out of every single one. There's no way to kind of kind of make sure that a bad actor doesn't come in based on the knowledge that this person's a bad actor from from somebody else in the industry. And so I think, you know, by by establishing industry ties, industry guidelines on what is not is not acceptable, I think our hope is that you could reduce online toxicity and have a fair rules-based system of moderation. Thank you for participating in this segment. Now I want to get back to uh, what you mentioned in the introduction a little more. I'm super fascinated about the the video platform as a service is a true innovation you're leading right now with the Meet Group. So I want to offer this kind of as a platform for you to tell us a little bit about the journey where you got to hear from uh, Mimi, you know, the company you founded and it's through acquisitions and then applying the video platform to all the companies within the portfolio and uh, really to drive the Meet Group as a true innovator in the in the live streaming applications for the for the dating utility. Would you mind sharing a little bit about this journey of the true innovation, you know, from my you know, perspective, both in business model as well as for the technology? Yeah, absolutely. So it was really in, in 2016 that we, and, and it, was, it was by spending some time in Beijing and actually seeing, you know, Momo and YY in my hand, uh, w- along with a, a Chinese speaker who was kind of explaining it to me that I, it kind of first dawned on me that this could be broadly applicable to the dating world. And in, in, in particular, the app that I founded, Meet Me. Meet Me originally was called My Yearbook and kind of went through transformation, but had been Meet Me since 2012. But we were looking for some other method of monetization that went beyond ads. Uh, advertising had been you know, 90% of our business. We felt like there was clear risk to that model, namely that there were no acquirers for ad-based dating network. Um, you know, we had kind of established that. Secondarily, that it just seemed like there was a fair amount of risk and, you know, to, to pricing fluctuations in the ad market. And so we were looking at things to do, you know, it might have been more natural to pick subscription, you know, subscription dating is kind of what everyone kind of first thinks of. But we, we felt like that space was crowded and we had nothing new to add to subscription dating. And so we, it kind of resonated with us when we saw um, what Momo was doing. that we, Hey, we could just do something very similar. Now, we had to translate it to kind of Western or at least U.S. and European sensibilities. And, and I, think, I think we did that. So, so that, that's when we started rolling out the live streaming product um, by, by Q117. But because I was running a company with probably 150 people back then, now it's a few hundred. But because we were making such a big bet on live streaming, 
it felt natural to say, well, to benefit from the network effects of everything we're building, we have to acquire other things. And so we ended up looking for what we could acquire. We bought a company called Scout, which was backed by Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, for $55 million, we bought it. We bought a company called Tag, I think for $65 million. Lavu, I think for $70 million. Growler for somewhere in a 10 to 15 million neighborhood. And so we acquired all of those companies simply to put live streaming video in them, right? And we, we had a bet on live streaming video and we figured, well, if we pay fair value for the company before we had live streaming video, then we can participate in any um, growth that live streaming generates. And so it was a really clear thesis and it ended up working. So everywhere we added live streaming, it went every, anywhere from between 40 to 80% of that company's revenue. So it was dramatic. Then, you know, I'd say after we acquired Lavu, and Lavu is a German-based dating company, we thought we can actually, without having to acquire a company, we can simply give them an SDK and, and basically help a, one team kind of integrate the tools. And so every time we, we bought a company, we got better and better at enabling that company with video. And Lavu was a good case in point because mostly German speakers, they were an ocean away, but we still managed to make that a very quick and seamless uh, integration. And so then we started thinking, gee, we don't have to acquire everything we want to video enable. And of course we couldn't anyway, there, there's plenty of properties that are too big to acquire or too small to, to be worth it. And so um, that's, that's kind of when I approached the Match Group in 2018 about a video platform as a service offering um, that eventually would go live uh, with plenty of fish in, um, in 2020. That's fascinating. It's, uh, it's using acquisition for the user-based growth and using the core technology of the video platform to drive the wallet size of the user pay revenue, shifting from ad revenue to user pay revenue is, uh, is just brilliant. No, thank you so much for sharing the story for us. And one quick question you know, related to that is I interviewed Roblox um, a couple of weeks ago. And you know, one thing we touch upon is that the line between a gaming platform and educational platform or social platform has become more and more blurry, right? Yeah. And do you, see, do you see the new group will go beyond, obviously already went beyond dating platform into social entertainment platform? Do you see like going to other verticals using always this core technology you're developing with a video platform? Yeah, it, it's certainly possible. Where we still see the most opportunity is in the dating uh, world. There, there's a, a number of companies that we're in close conversations and negotiations with right now to continue to roll out uh, more VPass partners. So I'd say that's, that's the lowest hanging fruit is, is kind of other dating meeting uh, companies. But as we think about what else could our talent uh, monetize through, right now it's a virtual gifting model. We are contemplating uh, a subscription model. So you could subscribe to streamers. Obviously Twitch has something like that. Um, we, we think while, while there may not be a dramatic revenue model there, that gifting is likely dramatically bigger than subscription could ever be. We do think that there's probably some retention and maybe some, you know, VR, some average revenue per daily active user gains that could be had through subscription. And our streamers would certainly welcome it. So there, there may be some uh, streamer retention from um, a subscription product too. As it relates to other models, you know, we're at least toying with e-commerce. You know, you could imagine us doing a Shopify integration where somebody with a Shopify shop could, could do a live stream and, and people could buy relatively simply in the course of the live stream. 
And then, of course, the, the company that, that acquired us is a large German media company. We may well see opportunities in the future to use our live streaming with respect to large entertainment networks. That would obviously be exciting, but I, and something that it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, 2022, 2023, that's more like where we're focused. Right now, I would say we're, we're pretty laser focused on, on the bread and butter, which is kind of the dating space. We really feel like we have something nobody else has and um, that not only do they, do they not have it, it would take years and hundreds of millions of dollars to build it. And so, um, you know, what we need to do right now is, is grow the audience as fast as we can. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. So we, we covered the the business model innovation, the technological innovation. One thing I've noticed is through you know your platform is really your innovation to build a safer platform. So it's really related to the bread and butter of your Oasis consortium about brand and um, and and the user safety. So 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 can you share with us a little bit more in the investments you've made? Uh, to make sure that as you roll out uh, the video platforms, obviously making potentially the uh, you know the platform more vulnerable to disruptive behaviors, just with simply a new channel. What investment have you made to ensure the trust and safety coming with the innovation? Trust and safety really is core to. I would say it's in our DNA from our earliest days, starting in 2005 even. And so what it comes down to is really a a series of kind of human and algorithmic uh, approaches. And so in the live broadcast space, we're sampling the streams every so many seconds, probably less than, less than 10 seconds. We're grabbing the frame. We're, we're doing some sophisticated uh, analysis of it using kind of neural networks and machine learning that, that we've trained over vast data sets to detect problematic content. And um, to the extent that the algorithm they're not able to clear the content or don't know what they're looking at enough to, to be able to conclude with, with uh, above some, some interval of certainty, then we, we also have 500 human moderators. Their job it is, is to basically look through this content and, and make yes-no decisions. We've found that it's helpful to um, have a, a strike system, right? So the problem isn't just to remove bad actors because some people just don't know where the line is. So, so there's an education aspect to to giving someone a strike where you say like, okay, you can't, for example, drive when you stream, right? Like somebody might not think that they should think that that's against the terms of service, but, but you know, they might not. And so um, getting a strike that, that actually has a reason so that, um, you know, it's not just like, uh, okay, you got a strike, you don't know what, what it was about. I think that's critical. You know, you got to give people some sense of what's going on. We, we have an abuse reporting function that we've made uh, very uh, prominent in the user interface. So um, and we think that helps people know that there are lines. And if someone does report abuse, you know, a human will actually look at it within a minute to see if it, if it violated anything. It's also helpful, and we worked in coordination with some third parties like the Online Dating Association and others around a clear content and conduct policy, like what is and is not against the rules. Users don't generally read a lot of these policies, but we, we try to condense it to like four bullets that we make you agree to every time you stream. We make it clear what the, the policy is to anyone who would like to read it. And then we enforce it through our, through our moderators. And, you know, we, we also do an education side. So, you know, because you know, people don't necessarily know that this is a service that cares about um, how clean it is, we, we try to make sure that they do. And so we, we ask our users to adopt a, a three-step safety pledge to agree to, to, to various behaviors. And so safety and, and content moderation is the never-ending commitment, right? Like it's a, 
the, the things that you can do automatically and algorithmically continue to expand. We're doing a stream description AI that basically is able to, to, to detect bad characters and stream titles and stream descriptions. In the, in the early days, we used to have a blacklist and you know, had many thousands of terms because you could say just, <laughs> you can make almost anything um, a bad word you know, it, or, or a misspelled bad word. Uh, but now there's AI that can, can do a pretty good job of, of figuring that out without having to do something silly like a, a giant blacklist. Uh, on the, on this, the video side, you, know, you could imagine this getting so good over, over the course of time that there's an AI constantly listening to the audio track and an AI constantly scrubbing in real time the stream and, and where, where a bad actor could not be bad for, for more than like a second. Right now, that's not really where it is, but that is where I think you know, things are, are tending towards. Processing power has to continue to, to, to become more affordable, more widely available. And some of those algorithms, especially on the voice track, have to continue to, to get better as well. Thank you, Jeff. There, there are really like a two, you know, big points I've heard here. Of course, you said content moderation, trust and safety have become such a hot topic these days. But actually, you know, you really thought about that, you know, what, 15 years ago, you know, beyond when you first started to 2005, really safety by design is a concept you have embraced from the beginning. And I hope when more and more emerging uh, platforms build their new businesses, they can they can do the same way as you you started me, me with. I think the second bucket, as you mentioned, there are a couple of best practices you you shared what we can do uh, with a platform. You know, you have the human moderators, uh, but you also make human in the loop using the AI and machine learning to enhance their productivity. And you know, one thing you were spot on today: a lot of technologies were, I mean, around the text-based uh, machine learning, but you are investing. Um, you know, to really drive the innovations for the video and voice uh, moderations along the way. Do you have last comments, recommendations, notes for our audience? You know, I would say safety is the sort of thing that you always have to rethink, like, and, and, and some things sometimes surprise you. We had believed that, that you know, very prominent abuse reporting buttons were helpful in the safety fight. And, and I think increasingly, because of kind of the high, or I guess low, signal-to-noise ratio, I think what we're finding is that, and I think also because live streaming tends to be a gamified experience, when, and there's leaderboards, and, and people that might want to move up the leaderboard, and they're, they're willing to report people just to hope that, you know, maybe you get enough reports and, and there's automated action. It, there isn't in our platform uh, a human is ultimately going to be the one who uh, who makes a decision to remove somebody. But one thing to, to bear in mind is trying to have a, a better uh, signal-to-noise ratio. So if you make a report against someone that doesn't have any basis, in fact, if you make that against the terms of service and reason uh, to remove someone, you may actually improve the safety model rather than hurt it. Uh, because and, and obviously, you're not going to remove someone if they're making a good faith assessment and simply d- disagree over the, the line. But I think a lot of times you're just seeing fraudulent reports. And that can be uh, a problem for any, an obvious problem for any trust and safety org. So I think it's kind of thinking through how to constantly improve, rethink the assumptions you may have made a year ago or two years ago. And and just kind of adapt to the to the experiences of what people are actually doing. That's kind of the trick to to continue to be able to moderate effectively. Thank you so much. At Oasis, we we say often that the speed to trust will actually differentiate 
platforms and build a new generation of deck corns. And I'm so glad to have you leading the charge uh, for the industry with Oasis Consortium. Thank you so much, Jeff. It is through industry ties that I think we lift each other up. And so um, you know, we're happy to, to be part of important groups like this one. Thank you, Jeff.